Hello and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news, analysis and debate Monday to Friday just in time for your daily commute. I'm Jules Boyle and joining me today is the man that keeps us in check most of the time, Johnny McFarlane. <laughs> well, I tried. <laughs> Long-suffering job. And the man is no stranger to the corner, Gabby McKay. Hello. Um, on the pod today we're going to be discussing the bombshell news that just broke earlier on that Rangers will be closing at least part of a stand for next week's Europa League playoff against Legia Warsaw. Um, if there's any time after that, we'll be examining last night's actual Europa League matches involving Rangers and Celtic, and as well as taking a look at head to the weekend's Premiership games. Okay, so obviously the big news of the day and indeed the week um, is this bombshell news, as I said, that the, the, with the Rangers closure. Um, it just kind of broke this afternoon. We're still sort of reacting there. We're still writing pieces on it. There's quite a lot on the site you can see. We're still trying to find out more information about it. Um, I'll just read um, at least part of the, state, the statement here before we go on. Um, it's a Rangers official statement on their site, which crashed earlier on. So many folk were trying to read it, but it's back up now as far as I know. Um, Rangers have been ordered by UEFA to close a section of the Ibrox Stadium for the return leg of the club's Europa League playoff tie against Lega Warsaw on Thursday, August 29th. UEFA has ruled that a group of Rangers supporters were guilty of racist behaviour, which includes sectarian singing, during the match against St Joseph's at Ibrox on July 18th. Our supporters have been asked repeatedly by the club to refrain from indulging in this and other forms of unacceptable behaviour. Sadly, um, the words have fallen in deaf ears and actions of this minority will cause the club and the majority of good... D- 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 Ranger, decent Rangers supporters to play a heavy penalty. Um, the AFA has ruled that a section or section containing no fewer than 3,000 seats must be shut off during the next European match, which is Lega Warsaw. The area will be um, announced in due course and the club will do its best to restrict the impact. Key bit here, unfortunately a significant number of supporters innocent of any wrongdoing will be unable to attend next week's match. Um, there's more than that, but just that's the, the general guts of it there. Um, lads, um, Johnny, for example, first, um, what's, your, what's your take on this? Well, I think it'll be very, very disappointing for Rangers fans to hear that uh, they will be uh, losing 3,000 seats in what is a very, very important game. I think it'll be especially disappointing for those who have consistently um, said that they don't like these songs, that refrain from these songs, um, which I do feel is the majority of Rangers fans, although sometimes it can feel like it's the, the quiet majority. And um, I think it's a dark day, but at the same time, I do think it can be a fresh start. It can be a time now for the fans to look at uh, some of the behaviours uh, occurring within their own ranks and address them and address them in a positive way to try and affect change. Because make no mistake, this is an issue that does require change. Um, I think people have been talking about it for a long time. We at Football Scotland, it's not a topic we really like to get involved in. We prefer to focus on the football, but obviously it's impossible to avoid this on a day like today. At the moment, uh, Rangers have been punished by UEFA. It's a severe punishment. It's uh, it's one that the club, I think, have reacted to well. Uh, Dave King couldn't have been any more stringent in his response. Strident, to I think you mean. S- strident, sorry, yeah. Uh, what did I say? Stringent. stringent. Dear, oh dear, I'm going to have to edit this. <laughs> Dave King could not have been any more strident in his response uh, and he's made it absolutely clear that those people who wish to support Rangers uh, in a way that manifests itself in such a negative manner are are not welcome at the club. And I think that that is very important that the club have come out and said that. Now, it's all about actions. It's going to be very interesting to see the behaviour at Ibrox going forward in these European ties. I would argue that already the response has proven, and I know this is not going to make me popular, but it is my my opinion, I think already 
the response has shown that strict liability does indeed work. Already the mood music has entirely changed around the around the conversations on this issue. Um, people are no longer accepting what about today, or a lot of the, a lot of fans that I'm seeing on social media are no longer ex- accepting this what about today. Uh, and I saw somebody use a, a nice analogy on Twitter when they said, "You know what? Stop worrying about." your neighbour's garden, concentrate on your own grass. If everyone concentrates on their own grass, the street will look nice. And uh, that needs to be the thought process here. This isn't about anyone else but Rangers and Rangers' own internal issues. If Rangers can deal with them, everything will be absolutely rosy. Absolutely agree with that. It's uh, a perfect example of strict liability in action. You, We don't have that in Scotland. They have it in many other leagues. They have it in UEFA competition. We don't have it in Scotland. And every week or most weeks you'll hear these kind of chants from Rangers fans sometimes from other fans certainly I think if you look at the Rangers traveling support I think it's a lot more prevalent in that group you'll hear these songs and nothing's done about it because we don't have this strict liability we don't have a thing where we can take action against these kind of things now there are many many decent Rangers fans who abhor these songs I know many of them um they're pro- some of them are probably listening to the show but I think having those people being punished is unfortunate. But what it does do is that it means that if you are the silent majority, you might not be silent next time. Because if you don't get to go to this game, this big European game, which everyone's going to want to go to, if you don't get to go to it, then the next time that someone, you know, a few seats down, a group of people, they start up one of these songs, maybe that time you'll say, look, stop doing that. Be quiet. I don't want to get banned from going to this game again. And I think that's a real... Um, I think that that's the real sort of impact of this because there are many people who hate the songs, would never dream of singing them, but they sort of, not turn a deaf ear, but they're not going to call it out when they hear it in the stadium because it's just sort of part and parcel of what goes on. You don't approve of it, but it happens. And if- also because the kind of people that are going to be singing these songs are potentially not the kind of person you want to say, Oi mate, shut up. Because you don't know if it's going to cause an incident. There's, there's that element to it. Too. No, no, yeah, of, of course there is. But what I'm saying is, if it's the if we take uh, that it is the majority of Rangers fans who don't approve it. If you've then got however many thousands of people on your side going, you know, don't do this. I don't mean that you have to personally confront someone. Say if someone starts up one of these songs, if the rest of the stadium started booing or whistling or whatever, just trying to drown it out. That's the kind of thing that could happen. Yeah. And I think that the only way that will happen is if, unfortunately, ordinary, decent Rangers fans are punished for these songs, which, as I've said, are all too prevalent. You only have to listen to, you watch a game on telly, or if you go to a game, particularly, I say, when it's the away support, who I think are a little bit more, uh, perhaps, I, I, don't, I don't really know the right word for it, but probably a bit more into that kind of thing. You'll hear it on the television every game. You'll hear it at these away games. And it is time, I think, for the decent Rangers fans, as I said, I know many of them who abhor these songs, to really step up and try and stamp out this problem. Because as Johnny says, it's not no use looking at someone else. I mean, that's the thing. It takes real courage is calling out your own. It's easy enough if you see someone say something horrible and you don't know them to say, that's horrible, don't say that. It's different if your mate says it. It's when your mate says it that you have to have the courage to say, look, that's not acceptable. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more. I think there is a difficulty. I mean, you touched on it there of the decent fans having to stand up and say it. And as you say, Johnny, the people singing a lot of these songs are a lot of the time folk you don't want to confront. You know, you've got a group, uh, you know, just for example, you've got a group of eight lunatics singing these songs and you've got the decent fans around it. One guy goes, oh, you stop that. 
it's difficult for people to stand up to this sort of thing. And you, I mean, you might say everyone else might be in agreement, but, but no, nobody, and that's that thing in a crowd, nobody wants to kind of join in on... That's why it's, it's hard, so important that you've got someone like Dave King saying in the statement, yeah. if any individual supporter is unable to behave in a civilised manner, then please stay away from Ibrox and our club. You're harming Rangers, and that is something a genuine supporter would never wish to do. That is very, very important because that emboldens and arms fans with the opportunity to say, our, our, own, chairman our own chairman is condemning yeah. this kind of behaviour. Yeah. And these things need to go hand in hand, step by step, to, to make change. And you need to have strong words and strong actions from the top. Um, I think when da the Daily Record released their exclusive story earlier on, just before Rangers released their, their statement, I think it said that the, under, the Daily Record understood that Rangers will be now taking this issue very seriously as a, as a consequence of this, this kind of action. And of course, the other thing that's hanging over all of this is we still don't actually know if this also encompasses the Michelin game. We know it won't en encompass uh, Warsaw uh, last night. Now, I, I don't know if there was chance at the Michelin game because I wasn't there. And I don't know about what happened last night because it was such a loud stadium and the noise from the, the home fans was so loud that you, you, they drowned out the Rangers' support by, by and large in that game, um, certainly through the, the television coverage. But the spectre of further issues still will hang over the club. And these increase in severity. Now, we know Rangers have had a few fines in the past. I mean, Celtic have had a heck of a lot of fines as well. Um, and really, has anything changed? This kind of action is the kind of action that changes behaviours because it's so serious in terms of the eyes of the support because they take going along to support their team as the ultimate, as something they would never not want to do. These these 3,000 fans that miss out are going to be suffering on the back of this and that, will, that means something and that should help facilitate change. Mm. You know, many of us have been saying it's a long time in coming. There needs to be, there has needed to be a serious conversation. But I think the key thing here is there's needed, as Gaby said so eloquently, there has needed to be a conversation amongst the Rangers support themselves. It's an issue they have had to sort out themselves. It's not something that a columnist or a newspaper journalist or a politician can sort out because they're outsiders wading into something and actually, on a lot of occasions, probably just making it worse. Yeah, because it engenders the sort of um, defence mode See, that from... Yeah. That it, it, people, again, the Rangers fans who wouldn't uh, defend those songs but they see it as an attack on Rangers and that's when the sort of tribal element yeah. comes in. That's why, yeah. as Johnny says, I think it has to be among among fans, among people. Thing. Yeah, and it has to be that what you know the, <coughs> the majority that, that call it out. And I think, as I said, I think that's why... You know, say, for example, it's 300 of the section that's closed that did that 10%, for example. Just, yeah. again, just spitballing. I don't want anyone, don't, <laughs> no one sending me abuse going. It's much more or it's much fewer, just an example. If there are another now 2,700 fans who the next home game, they, they know that they didn't get to go to that Legia Warsaw game. A game where Steven Gerrard last night called on, he said they wanted four stands packed out at Ibrox that he wanted the crowd behind them that the players would really need that that's what they needed to get through this Legia Warsaw game they've now been harmed by the actions of these people so if those 2,700 people the next home game if those 300 start it again 
they might be more likely to try and do something about it. Again, I'm not talking about individually going up and putting your finger in someone's face and telling them to shut up. I'm talking about singing a different song to drown it out, booing, whistling, just doing something to try and stop this happening and showing that the that the, this majority is not silent anymore, that this majority does call this out. And as Johnny says, they have the backing of the club on that matter. I'd imagine, well, I'm sure they have the backing of the manager on that matter. And the players, absolutely. I mean, Rangers have Catholic players. They have... Irish players, they have players of different religions, so I'm sure they have the backing of the club, the manager, the players, and it's just this element that needs to be weeded out. Yeah, I mean, what, what, what can obviously, I mean, Dave King's about that statement, and it is, as you say, that is very strident. Do you know what I mean, it is, it is very, it's making it very, very clear what, what they're saying and this sort of thing. Other than that statement, what, what, what can the club do? I mean, what, what, what is their power? What, what can they do to influence this? I think what they can do, uh, what you've seen in other countries where they have strict liability. Now, as we know, I'm just going to bring up, I used to work for Football Italia. They have strict liability in Italy. And one of the things I think people fear about strict liability is that, oh, well, if one fan does something, it'll lead to point deductions. Now, certainly in Serie A, that's not the way it works. If you can go to the governing body and say, here's what we've done to try and prevent this issue, the punishment will be less severe. So for Rangers, if they could get CCTV footage and say, look, we've identified the fans who have done this. We've reported these fans to the police. We've banned these fans from Ibrox. We've done X, Y, Z educational things about sectarian singing. So an example would be Juventus had one stand of their stadium closed in Serie A for anti-Southern Italian chanting. And what they said is, okay, stadium's closed. Can we give free tickets to school children to go to the game? They'll sit in that stand. And before the game, we'll have a sort of anti-discrimination um, workshop before the game. And they were allowed to do that kind of thing. That's under strict liability. It's not just someone says a nasty word and you get points deducted. So what I think Rangers or any other club that has an issue like this could do are the steps I outlined below. Make sure that stewards and CCTV, police, whatever, are looking out for these things. Identify the fans, work with the authorities, ban them, and try and... And they have done. They've got this um, Everyone Anyone campaign that they've launched about inclusiveness, which is part of the step, part of the the set I'm talking about. And then you can show that next time this happens, you can go to UEFA and you can say, look, this incident's taken place, but here's everything we're doing to stop this happening again. Here's, the, here's who we've banned. Here's what we're doing to try and stop it happening. That's what I think you need to do. Jules, just, just on this, because myself and Gaby are both proponents of the idea of strict liability and have been for quite a long time and I've been vocal about it, and I've been vocal on the desk about it. You're not. You don't like it so much. So maybe you should have a quick explanation of why that is, because I don't want... I mean, this is me and my, myself and Gabby are probably not representative, um, and it's important that's, that, that the other side is put across. Um, oh, on, on the spot there. Uh, it's been a while since I thought of the straight about the thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, expose myself as a... No, basically, yes. I mean, everything Gaby says there, yes, I see it to a point. Um, I do... Perhaps there's natural cynicism. Perhaps there's seen certain um, elements or things at the game, at the games you go to. I think Scotland's a different place from Italy. I think it's... A diff- is it? 
Yeah, well, I mean, in Italy, <laughs> yeah, in many but, ways. But they've had problems in Italy with racist chanting. Oh, they have. Which they have. Is, yes. Uh, okay, it's a different, it's a slightly different issue, but it's the same. It's the same thing. It's people making monkey noises at black players rather than people singing songs about people's religion or whatever. But it's a similar. Yes, there's, issue. there's, there's, sim- there's similar issues there, but it's but it's a different thing. I'm not. I don't want to get to any of that level of it. I do think. Um, it's, I, I think what Gabe is saying there is. There is a deep-seated issue in Italian society with latent racism mm-hmm. that's been going back yeah. generations. And perhaps there's the same issue in, in Scottish society with sectarianism. Yeah, there is. There definitely is. I think they're, they're obviously a centuries-old issue with sectarianism in Scotland and it uh, blighted the country for a long time. Um, is it getting better? I mean, we were talking about this earlier on. Do you not believe that it would work? Is that why? I don't think, I don't, I'm not entirely convinced it will work. I'm not saying don't have it. I'm not entirely convinced it will work. I don't, th- I think the issues we've got here are so deeply ingrained. I think they need to be addressed more on a societal level rather than at the, at the, at the game. Well, I, I mean, I agree with that, but, it. you know, racism is a societal problem. Uh, yes. Nobody thinks that football causes racism just like football doesn't cause sectarianism, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't take steps to address racism happening at football no, groups. People think here think those schools cause sectarianism. Yeah, well, of course, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so sure. It's, there, there's more going on. I do think, um, obviously, I don't want to see these things happen at football games. I just don't, I don't, honestly don't think it's going to um, affect the Scottish game enough for what, what what these sort of things would happen. I'm interested to see what happens here with the Rangers thing. I think this is the litmus test, and I'm prepared to be convinced otherwise, and we've discussed this earlier on. If this does see a change in, in the thing, uh, in the in the behaviour of Rangers fans in, at the games, then it's a very big flag immediately. This is the right way to go. If it doesn't, I think immediately you can see right away that it is not necessarily going to do the thing. And obviously we like to say that it's going to happen. Um, and But again, I just do think, again, you're talking about you know, say 10% of Rangers fans, as you put that figure sort of singing those songs, it's 5,000 people. 5,000 people doing that. That's 5,000 people singing these songs, regardless of what they've been told by the management, told by the club, told by these things, they're still going to do it. Then people are going to turn around and go, oh, they, I mean, they don't care. They're doing that. If they, if they don't do that, people are going to have to stand up to them and say this. Is that going to happen? I'm not sure. And I can say that maybe at Celtic games as well. I'm not saying this is a, we're just talking about Rangers because that is a topic today. That's a lot of people. If those people still sing those songs, they don't care what Dave King said. They don't care that that stand's being closed. They don't care. They're singing their songs because that's what their thing's about. And that's a huge thing to overcome. And that's the problem. And I think you would find that at Celtic with a lot of things like that. You'd find that other clubs as well with different things to then stand up to those people in the stadium. Your wee guy with his kids going, look, those guys, these people don't care. Do you know what I mean? And this is going to, you're going to find out what happens at this Liga game and what happens after it. And that's going to be an indication more. But call me cynical. And, and uh, I know I'm cynical. I'm just not convinced it's going to be enough. People have consistently said, Neil Doncaster has consistently said that strict liability doesn't work. Well, we're about to see a pretty, um, pretty serious test case uh, and a pretty serious examination of that point of view, uh, as you say. And it's going to be extremely interesting. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so we move on for, for that and actually talk about football? Yes, please. Crazy idea. Okay. Um, okay, so obviously last night, um, both uh, Rangers and Celtic were in um, European action in their playoffs. Um, let's do, first of all, obviously, first of all, Rangers kicked off early, so let's talk about them first. Um, lads, you both watched it and wrote about it. Um, what, what was your take? Was that a good result for Rangers? 
I'm not convinced that it was. So it's a good result in, in isolation, going to a tough place like Legia Warsaw and keeping a clean sheet. But I think the fact that that Morelos missed in the second half where they didn't get the away goal, I think that could come back to haunt them. Uh, Legia had chances last night, which they didn't take. If they score at Ibrox, Rangers need two. And from what I've seen of that team, it's a tall order to score two goals against them. So um, I'd say probably Rangers are just about favourites. But if Legia score early on at Ibrox, I think Rangers are in real trouble because scoring two goals against that Legia Warsaw team will not be an easy task. And I think it could be one of those where after the game, we look back on that golden Morelos chance he had in the second half and we say that's where the tie was lost. Legia are the Aberdeen of Poland. They are uh, very, very well-organised. They're um, well-drilled. They are very dangerous at set pieces. They're physical. They get stuck in. And they caused Rangers problems last night, no doubt about it. I would actually say Warsaw were probably the better side over the whole game. Now, um, that said, I thought Rangers were pretty mature, pretty composed, used the ball quite well. I think Steven Gerrard was right after the game when he said that they didn't create enough, especially in the second half. The game was very even in the first half, with maybe Rangers slightly edging it, but I thought Liga were, Liga were better in the second half, and, and, and probably their their overall uh, performance just edged Rangers on the back of that. I agree with Gaby that it's going to be a very difficult second leg, because without an away goal... Um, it can make things difficult. Rangers got to the UEFA Cup final under Walter Smith in 2008 on the back of 0-0 um, games at home and then picking up an away goal on their travels. So we've seen at very close range how that can work in your favour. And uh, they'll have to be at their very best. And, you know, this whole controversy with 3,000 seats um, going up in smoke uh, could, you know, could be a negative factor. You know, it's it's... It's not a large percentage of the stadium. It's, what, 5% or something, under 5% or just slightly over 5%, should I say. Um, but it's, it's not ideal. You would certainly want those guys uh, in there and the stadium filled and rocking like Stephen Gerrard asked for. Um, but I believe from watching the game, Rangers should edge it. They should get through. But it's, it's a tough one. Uh, Warsaw are a tough nut to crack. Yeah. Gaby, um, quick thought. Rangers got enough to go through? Are you asking me for a prediction or are you just asking me if Rangers have enough to go through? <laughs> your, your prediction if you think they do have enough to go through? Well, I think they do have enough. To, I think they're slightly different. I think they do have enough to go through. I think they've got the talent to go through. I think they showed in patches last night that they have enough to go through. Mm-hmm. That's different with my prediction that they'll go through, which I have to say at the moment is I'm not sure they will. I, I, again, I, I think if Legia score, I think they're in real trouble. Okay. Well, moving on, obviously Celtic were in action last night as well, um, and they uh, got quite a credible win at home. Um, I know he's watched a, a good chunk of that as well, um, and your thoughts on it. Um, where, where do you see that one going? Well, I think Celtic are comfortable, aren't they? I mean, AIK showed very, very little to suggest that they're going to be a serious threat over in Sweden. Now, obviously, they're going to have to play a little bit better than they did. Um, or they'll get beaten comfortably again. Um, but they, they played a sort of defensive low block and tried to be stubborn, and Celtic managed to get through them a couple of times. James Forrest always coming up with the big games and the big goal, big goals and big games now. 
Uh, and odds and Edward, obviously, I thought it was an absolutely terrific finish. Gabe, he was slightly blaming the keeper last night, but um, he's very harsh on <laughs> these he's things, as really we see with his man-by-man markings. Well, very, very slightly blaming the goalkeeper. I yeah. thought he was too far over to one side. I don't want uh, listeners inches. I don't want <laughs> listeners to be bristling at this. It was a magnificent strike. I'm not trying to take anything from away from Edward. I just thought he was slightly too far over to his right. To be fair, I think it, it's worth noting that Edward's seems to be firing on all cylinders this season and is perhaps beginning to show just exactly why Celtic spent £9 million on him. Let's be honest, he's been up and down. He's not looked like a £9 million player so far. But you know what? This season, you're starting to think, hmm, this guy is looking special. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, I only saw the Celtic game last night because that's what I was writing on. Um, Edward had that sort of look at him of he's seen quite a lot this season. Every time he got the ball, something might happen. He had that sort of spark about him, that sort of you know, magic and mischief about him. Um, but there was a lot all over the Celtic team. Um, I thought we, the new guys, obviously, is a different team from played against Cluj. Um, radically, you know, radically different, but enough. Uh, the new boys, Christopher Julian and Bobby Mbobo, um, who obviously talked about them. Um, th- th- can you see them coming good? Is it now? Is now? Is this starting to a Celtic team starting to form slowly here? I certainly think uh, Julian looks looked good last night from what from what I saw. He looks like he's very composed on the ball, good with both feet. He's a big guy. Now I saw from what I saw the Dunfermline game, he you know maybe didn't particularly like mixing it physically, which you'd think for a big guy like him, he should do. But he certainly looked really comfortable last night. I think with uh, Bolingoli, it's the same thing. He looks devastating going forward. I thought he looked good going forward last night. And again, I didn't see the full game. Uh, I, from what I've heard. He was a lot better defensively, but still had the odd, you know, misplaced pass, the odd sort of heat's gone moment. That that's in his game, Gaby. I think we need to get away from this. He's going to come good. He needs time. This has been in his game for years. If you look at Y Scout um, video footage of his time at Rapid Vienna, this was prominent during his time there. So Celtic scouts knew about all this. This is. A gamble they've taken because they assume they, they, they're dominant going forward. They spend most of their time going forward. Therefore, they'll maximise his qualities in that area. Volleyball and goalie is never going to shut the door defensively. I mean, James Tavernier is a similar type of player. But Tavernier's always been decent one-on-one. He's had his issues with, with positioning. Um, ball and Bolly's got those same issues. It'll take a lot of work to get him to a position where he is really covering the space and behind them well. I, I don't know about you, Gabe, that's, that's that's my take on it. No, yeah, I think so. I, I don't think he's ever going to become a sort of defensively sound player. I just mean that uh, he might get more used to the sort of movement and shape of the team yeah. rather than ever yeah. becoming a top, top level yeah. defensive player. Yeah. One Just one point on Julian before, before we move on to something else. While he looked good, and I didn't see the whole game, I saw most of the second half, um... He did give away what should have been a penalty. Pretty much. So, yeah. So, yeah. so, you know, he's at fault for the second goal against Motherwell. He's at fault for the goal against Dunfermline. He should have given away a penalty last night. It's not great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, maybe, lucky, lucky ma- last night. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's something that you look at, I think. I mean, Gaby would probably have given him a four in the man-by-man ratings for that. <laughs> well, I didn't see it, so I didn't do the man-by-man The amount of texts and DMs I've had from angry punters about these man-by-mans. Yeah. But anyway, that's another that's story. That's your job. That's your job to do. Okay, well, just a very quick one there. Um, yes or no, are Celtic going through? Yes. Easily. There we go. 
There we go. You had it here first. Okay, so looking ahead, um, this weekend, um, there's a full card of games on. So what I'm just going to do is just kind of do, give you each one at a time and just, just give your thoughts on that. And quick fire. Quick fire, rattle it around. Yeah, so good. first off, Kilmarnock Aberdeen, Gaby. Kilmarnock uh, have a terrible record against Aberdeen. Um, I, I, neither team started the season brilliantly. I'd imagine it won't be a brilliant game, but Aberdeen will probably win because Kilmarnock uh, always lose to Aberdeen. Yeah, 1-0 <laughs> Aberdeen. There we go. Excellent. Johnny, um, Hibs versus St. Johnson. Oh, well. <laughs> 4 0 Hibs. Yeah, speaking as a. Yeah, there we go. 4 0 Hibs. Well, we in all seriousness, Hibs yeah. have been scoring a lot of goals. They That's 5 3 against Morton. Um, they've also been letting in a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I think St. Johnson aren't the team that they were. Um, seems to be a little bit, perhaps, tension behind the scenes between some of the parties involved at the club. Uh, so yeah, I think I think Hibs will win that and comfortably, and they'll score a few goals. That's Johnny not allowed back to Perth. <laughs> That's, that suits me down to the ground, Gaby. <laughs> um, Gaby Ross County versus Livingston. <laughs> Meh. Okay, uh, moving on. <laughs> no, no, I'm not sure. Um, Ross County have started the season very well. They won their first game. Uh, they beat uh, was it Hamilton? They beat in the first game, and they got a good draw at Tynecastle. Livingston, I think, have started a little better than we expected, given yeah. the upheaval they've had there. So I think that'll be a tight one. I think that's the kind of game that for both teams, if they want to stay out of, I'll use Jules's phrase, the grubber, <laughs> that's the kind of game that both teams need to be looking to win. Yeah, 1-1. Yeah, 1-1. One, one. Um, Johnny, um, the, the Lanarkshire Classical, Hamilton versus Motherwell. Listen, Motherwell have been tipped to to do good things this year and they haven't really set the heather on fire so far. Obviously, they lost the hearts in the Betfred Cup. Um, they were pretty much thrashed by Celtic, although I thought, it, for the first 15 minutes, they looked, they looked excellent. They did. And I think um, they need to perform tomorrow. So uh, I'm going to go Motherwell 2-0. Uh, yeah, I could see it being something like that. I think, um, certainly compared to last season, Brian Rice has adopted a bit more of a pragmatic approach this season. Uh, certainly <laughs> well, just certainly from the two games. Ooh, pragmatism. The two, the two games I saw against Kilmarnock, they were very defensive in both. They won one, so the, that's not a, a knock on them. But I think last season they might you might have gone into that in a very sort of attacking and open style and been on the end of a bit of a beating. But I expect a close game, and I'm gonna go for two one Motherwell. Okay. Well, then on Sunday we have um, St Mirren versus Rangers. Can't see anything else but a comfortable Rangers victory. Three uh, 0 um, as I've been appointed by a St Mirren fan as official defender of St Mirren on the podcast, but I can't <laughs> see them winning that. Uh, 2-0 Rangers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and obviously the last one, the Celtic at home to uh, Craig Levine's. Um, Tell you what, that could, be a, that could be tasty because Hearts always put up a good show against Celtic. And, yeah. uh, you know, big midweek game... It's energy sapping stuff. I still think Celtic will win three one. The Celtic will win that easily. Naismith's out, um Suter's out. That's yeah. two of Hearts' best players. They don't play well when Naismith's not there. Confidence is low, they're in a bad run of form. Four 0 Celtic. This is not the game where Levine turns it around, basically is what you're saying. No. I think it'll be tighter than that because Hearts showed that they had a bit of metal about them in the Betfred Cup against against Motherwell. So I think while Gaby's right, they've been on a poor run of form, I think they will put up a better show. They always do reasonably well against Celtic. Yeah, I think Craig Levine does know how to set up for individual games, but I just think that with the atmosphere, the way it is at that club, and with arguably the two best players out, I think it would be comfortable for Celtic. 
Okay, well that's all from us here at Football Scotland for today. We'll be back tomorrow before 4pm just in time to make your daily work commute a little bit more bearable. You can get more fuzz at the Football Scotland website on our social media channels on Facebook and Twitter at football underscore Scott. To ask a question or make a comment to us individually, you can get me on at Captain underscore Howdy, Gaby on <coughs> at Gaby McKay and Johnny on I'm just trying to uh, <coughs> <coughs> at Johnny R. McFarlane. Sorry. If he's still alive. Until tomorrow, thanks for listening.